believe every person has a right to basic knowledge of how to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. Here, I bring to you influential individuals and ideas to help you live a more healthy, fulfilling life. I'm Julie Fouché, and I'd like to welcome you to Pursuing Health. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. This is episode number 19. In this episode, I sit down with Michelle Mitchell. Michelle is a Cleveland-based accountant, mom, and a member of the Bar CrossFit in Eastlake, Ohio. She has an incredible story to share about how exercise and CrossFit have changed her life after a struggle with fibromyalgia syndrome that spanned nearly two decades. We sit down and she opens up and shares her personal experience with us. Whether you're in a similar situation or not, I found her story to be incredibly inspiring and she shares several common takeaways that we can all learn from and apply to our own lives and our own struggles. Before we get started with the episode, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, if you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to head over to iTunes to subscribe and give it a rating. Also, you can head to my website, juliefouché.com, and enter your email to stay in the loop with the podcast and everything else I'm doing with my newsletter every two weeks. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share, like this one. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com, and I'll select some to share on future episodes. If you're interested in training with me, check out my program through Beyond the Whiteboard. This is the actual training that I do now, five days per week, one hour per day, scheduled out for you minute by minute from warm-up to cool-down. We're getting ready for the CrossFit Games Open in a few short weeks. For more info or to try out the program yourself, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com slash Julie So with that, let's get started here on Pursuing Health with episode number 19 on fibromyalgia syndrome and CrossFit with Michelle Mitchell. Pursuing Health. I'm really excited to be here today with uh, Michelle Mitchell. We're at the Bar CrossFit, which is her box here in the Cleveland area of Ohio. Um, and she has a really incredible story to share about fibromyalgia and her experience with that condition and as she has started CrossFit, what sort of an impact that has had on her. So I want to start from the beginning. Okay. You can tell us a little <laughs> bit about what it was like growing up what you did as far as activity, um, sports, things like that? Um, I, at a very young age, I was a gymnast. I was always very, very athletic. Um, you know, up until about high school, I was very active in sports, um, competitive gymnast for about three or four years. And um, I guess, should I talk about how this all came about? Because it happened when I was about 16. Then I focused more on music, and then I started to run. Um, but at 16, um, and the doctors believed it started with a car accident that happened when I was driving. Um, I was T-boned by a car. And I noticed a few months later, you know, my appetite had gone downhill. And I was just feeling really tired, um, fatigued. You know, just didn't have the energy that I used to have. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my mom took me to a doctor and they thought immediately it might be cancer. Because mm -hmm. um, they noticed I had some, you know, lymph node okay. 
nodules or whatever. It was a scary thing to be facing. It was really scary. Yeah, I was terrified, um, especially when they found, you know, you know, masses um, on my lymph nodes. And it wasn't just in my neck, um, but there, there were also, you know, like in the hip area, um, they had found some. So they did a biopsy on my neck and it came back benign. So that was that. Well, I was still having symptoms. So they started running a battery of tests. They ran anything from Lyme disease to cat scratch fever to AIDS to everything. I had just infectious diseases. Doctor, I saw, they just ran so many tests on me and came back with nothing. And they said, oh, you know, this just happens sometimes. People get lymph node nodules and they're just, you know, they just come up and whatever. They couldn't figure it out. At that time, my mom was dealing with bursitis which they now have reclassed to fibromyalgia. Or no, fibrositis, I'm sorry, fibrositis. They used to call it, and now it's fibromyalgia. Um, but nobody ever thought a 16-year-old would have fibromyalgia. It was classified more as a you know, middle-aged woman's mm -hmm. disorder or disease. It's not really a disease, but a yeah, syndrome. More common in, I guess, women like 20 to 50 years old or so. Right. So at that time, you know, and this was in the 90s, they didn't think a, a young person would have that so um we went on and i just kind of dealt with it mm -hmm. um and then about 17 sorry what sort of symptoms were you having at that time was it just fatigue or were you having other it was pain? it was more fatigue okay. than anything else i would get little nerve pains like in my head mm -hmm. um and then as time went on things got worse um, when i was about 19 years old i started getting migraine headaches on a regular basis um, and then I noticed that the lymph nodes that they had found in my hip area got bigger mm -hmm. and they removed those mm -hmm. and tested them again. It was negative. So I kind of gave up on wanting to know why. And I said, you know, maybe I just need to kind of alter some things in my life, mm -hmm. try to do that. And I would say it was in my twenties that I got sick of feeling that way. Mm -hmm. uh, my late twenties, I started saying to myself, I, I, I can't live like this. I can't be tired all the time. And I started getting pain, especially in my neck and my shoulders, mm -hmm. was the worst of the pain. I got it in my wrists. Um, going back to, as a flutist, and about 19, 20 years old, mm -hmm. I couldn't play my flute anymore because I couldn't hold it up anymore. Mm -hmm. And they just thought it was tendonitis. Mm -hmm. um, so they gave me a cortisone shot. Felt better, you know, but it was still there. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, fast forward a few years, I think I was like 23, 24, mm -hmm. and I started seeing doctors again because uh, I just wanted to find out what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I had so many doctors say to me, it's nothing, you're fine, it's all in your head, you know. Um, look into depression. You know, you might be depressed. Well, I was depressed because I was in pain all the time, you know. <laughs> Anyone would be. Yeah, so, you know, it just... Um, I started taking my health into my own hands. Mm -hmm. I started to become my own advocate. Um, I did a lot of research, and I didn't take the answer that it was just in my head anymore. And I started to see doctors that would listen to me. And they ran tests, you know, like, again, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I can't even begin to, you know, I've had so many CAT scans and MRIs done, mm -hmm. and finally, at the age of 30, I went to a rheumatologist because I had one rheumatologist say, you do have rheumatoid arthritis. I want to give you methotrexate. And I was like, I read what this was, and I'm like, this scares me. I need another opinion. So I went to Dr. Epstein. Um, I can't remember what hospital he was at. 
I want to say Lutheran, but I can't remember exactly. And he was the one that said, um, he did the trigger point test on me. He reviewed all of my medical records. And he said, you know, you don't have any deformation in your hands. I don't think it's rheumatoid arthritis. Although you do have a slightly higher F factor, mm-hmm. I don't think it's related to that. And he did the trigger point test on me and said, you know, usually 11 out of 18 points is a positive diagnosis for fibromyalgia. He said, you were 18 of 18 inside of pain. He's like, and I didn't even put full pressure on you. If I would have, I probably would have had to peel you from the ceiling, you know, because he just did a light pressure and I was like, oh my God, this hurts. Yeah. And so. the, for people who don't know, the trigger point test is one of the tests that has been used more, I think, in the past to diagnose fibromyalgia. Yeah. And so it's basically just testing common places where you would have pain in your soft tissue all over the body. Yeah. And clearly, you tested positive <laughs> yeah. for those. Spots I didn't even think I had pain, like by my knees, mm-hmm. hurt. And it was just, yeah, I was shocked. So, um, you know, he put me on you know, like a steroid, um, Celebrex. And then I was on Neurontin that I would take at night to kind of help it. Cause he didn't want to put me on Lyrica at that time. Um, I can't remember the reason why for that. Um, I tried it for a while and I hated the way I felt on the Neurontin. Um, and these, these medications are kind of the first line medications used and um, often they're antidepressants that are used or yep. anticonvulsants, which is yep. all just affecting the nervous system. Yes. Um, and so I went back to him and I said, you know, I really don't want to take medication. Mm-hmm. Um, is there another, is there another way? Is there something else I can do? Is there something in my diet I can change? And he looked at me and he said, exercise. And I looked at him like he was crazy because <laughs> I said, do you realize it hurts to get out of bed and you want me to exercise <laughs> and like try to make myself hurt? And he said, well, you know, the body was meant to move. And he said, so, you know, you need to move your body in order to help. And he said, give it 12 weeks. Just give it 12 weeks. Come back if you're still in pain or if you're still not getting better, then we can look at some other options. And I said, all right, I'll give it 12 weeks. The first four weeks were a nightmare. I was in horrible pain trying to work out. I couldn't even run around my block, which was barely a quarter of a mile, without horrible pain in my legs. And I knew a lot of it had to do with I was out of shape and I'd been sedentary for so long. But um, what did you start with? Just walking? I started with jogging. Um, A friend of mine, her name is Jackie. She was the one. She was a runner. She was, you know, uh, studied exercise science, mm-hmm. got her master's degree. She was a good friend of mine, lived about a mile or so away from me. Mm-hmm. And she would run to my house because she knew I would feel bad. And then I would go running with her. <laughs> she knew <laughs> it would make me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she would run to my house and we would go on runs. And, you know, there were times where I wanted to give up. And she would say, remember what the doctor said? Mm-hmm. Keep going. You can do this. You can do this. So I kept going, and after four weeks, I entered a 5K, and I ran it, and I did it in pretty good time for me. It was like 33 minutes, but that was like great for me. <laughs> yeah. After four weeks previously not being able to run around the block. Yeah. Well, because you know I had motivation, um, and the other thing was I kept telling myself when it hurt, I said 12 weeks, you're gonna feel better. You're going to feel better. I just kept telling myself, you're going to feel better. And I started to. After four weeks, it wasn't pain anymore. It was soreness, you know. And then after eight weeks, it got better. After 12 weeks, I ran a half marathon. 
Yeah. That's impressive for anyone. <laughs> I won't do that again. <laughs> I won't be doing that again. Um, but, but just to prove to yourself that you could do it. And yeah, setting a goal, I think, was what kept me going, mm -hmm. saying, OK, I've done this. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where I got into CrossFit was shortly after that. My friend had said, oh, I found this great workout program. It's CrossFit. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to try it. You got to try it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, it's so much money. <laughs> I can just run for free. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I thought. But I said, uh, you know, and I, and I saw that there were competitions, and that kind of, you know, got me going because I was a very competitive person. Right. And so I, I, you know, went into a CrossFit box um, for the first time. It was in Strongsville. I'll never forget and they were showing me basic standards, and the intro wad was seven minutes of seven thrusters, seven burpees. That sounds awful. It was terrible, <laughs> and it was only a 45-pound bar was what I used, and I got through almost seven rounds, and I remember falling flat on my back, and I was gasping for air, and I wanted to die, and the guy Nick comes over, and he goes, hey, so what'd you think? And I go, where do I sign up? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's yeah. That's sort of the reaction. You get a dose of it, and you either love it, or you're never coming back again. Right, exactly. <laughs> and um, what happened was, after six months of CrossFit, I would always have pain in my shoulders and my neck. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of resigned to the fact that it was never going to go away. Mm -hmm. And it started to go away. Wow. And three years later, now I've been doing this, and I have no pain in my shoulders, my neck. I have more energy than I've ever had in my life. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I don't even think about flare-ups because I don't get them anymore. I think the last flare-up I had was two years ago where I've had to actually take like a steroid for it. Um, but now, you know, just a little bit of ibuprofen will handle anything that comes up. Um, I haven't had migraines in two years. You know, it just my life has been so much better from exercise from CrossFit, you know, that it's, you know, I get a little emotional talking about it because I was at a point in my life where I said, I can't live like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get to a dark place where you think, I don't know if I can go on living like this. That's how bad I was. And I talk to friends of mine now that have fibromyalgia and they see me how I am now. Mm -hmm. And I want to just say, I was where you're at. You know, I was at that point where I was taking the medication and praying that it would help, you know, because I was in so much pain. I was so weak. Mm -hmm. You know, I never thought in a million years I could do the stuff that I do today, mm -hmm. ever. You know, and I just want to tell them, you know, I had to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. You know, I never thought I could do a pull-up. Are you kidding me? Never. <laughs> you know, I couldn't even do them when I was a kid, right. you know, and now... I can do five strict pull-ups, you know, unbroken. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, things that I never thought, climbing a rope. I never thought I'd climb a rope in my life. And I can do them now. You know, so that's, for me, it's given me my life. Um, you know, it's given me such positivity in my life. I look at my life and I'm happy, you know? I see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like such a happy person. I am. And, and a lot of it is because I have my health. So, sorry. <laughs> no, thank you so much for sharing that. I think I see so many people have a similar experience where the CrossFit gives them 
they're able to do things that they could never imagine doing before. But to come from such a dark place before that, I think makes it even more powerful to have to be able to use CrossFit as a way to come out of, you know, some time where your body just really wasn't functioning properly or where you felt like it was sort of betraying you. Yeah. Um, I think you can see that it's even more powerful in that situation. So yep. thank you so much for sharing. Sure. I think a lot of people will be able to relate. Maybe you'll inspire them to just start just walking around the block and running around the block. I hope so. Step at a time. Um, because I, I, I believe the fewer medications you can take, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. And so. are you taking any medications now? No, none. 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 That's so, yeah, right. it is. And I can see, too, just hearing your story, I, I'm interested in what you think some of the reasons are that you think you were so successful in this process. Because some people would easily get discouraged, I think. Yep. Especially at the beginning when it's so yep. hard and you, you can't even get out of bed in the morning. But it sounds like having some accountability from your friend, um, it sounds like you had a really positive outlook and you had that belief that it was going to get better if you did do the exercise. Yes, yeah. Um, what else do you think contributed? It was honestly having the support of my friend. Um, you know, I my biggest advice is to find somebody who will support you. And I told my friends, if you need me to be that support system, I will. And I'll talk you through it because I've been there and I feel what you're going through, you know. Um, but had she not been there for me, pushing me to be better, um, I might have given up. I don't know. I don't know. Um the other big motivating factor was my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be that mom that would be active with her, that would take her rock climbing, that would take her places, and I can do that now. You know, me, seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So she was the other motivating factor for me. And how old is she now? She's 10. 10. Yeah. And I just met her, and she did a workout. She was really enjoying it, too. Sometimes not so much, but. <laughs> but she's active and yeah, yeah. Her body is oh yeah. Wonderful. Has your nutrition pattern changed at all over this process? Yes. Um, and what sort of impact do you think that has? Oh, I definitely think the nutrition has made an impact. You know, I used to be, I used to go out to eat all the time. I used to, you know, get McDonald's or Swenson's, which is still one of my favorite burger <laughs> joints, but <laughs> they're far away from me now, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but I used to do that all the time. And um, since, you know, going through all of this over the past seven years, um, my diet has definitely changed. I go for more organic food um, because that a whole different subject. GMO scared the crap out of me. Um, but we definitely eat more lean meats. Um, I eat more chicken than I ever did before. I eat fish mm-hmm. and I try to eat as many like green veggies, kale, um, Swiss chard is another favorite of mine, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and I try and stay away from, you know, the white carbs. I stay away from, you know, like white bread and stuff like that. Just because I notice when I have too much gluten, it makes me feel bogged down. And I don't like the way I feel when I when I eat that. So, And plus, my daughter has a very restrictive diet. She can't have gluten or fructose or dairy. Okay. <laughs> so when she's, yeah, when she's with us, we can't eat that way anyway. So it makes it easier yeah. for everyone to, yeah. to follow that. But I definitely have a lot more energy by eating better foods, by fueling my body. And that's another, I don't know if you if you started doing that on your own or if that was something that you came into because of CrossFit or people that you met at the gym. Oh, I definitely, CrossFit has made an impact because, you know, you hear about the paleo diet all the time. Um, and I follow it to a degree. I don't follow it strict. 
Um, but I definitely follow it to a degree and I focus on eating more lean proteins and veggies. So. <laughs> so again, that could, I think it just highlights the impact of community and how this sort of a lifestyle is contagious. And yep. When you're surrounded by, I walked in here this morning, there was tons of people in here after the class and you can just see that there's a great community and people who support each other. So yep. That's awesome. All right, so now our three questions. Okay. So number one is three things that you do on a regular basis that you think have the biggest overall positive impact on your health. Um. Well, definitely working out. <laughs> um, you know, just uh, the second thing, and this is going to be really strange. I run a humidifier every night, oh. and that's a daily thing. I'm going to get a humidifier. And honestly, I don't get sick. I haven't been sick in like three years, knock on wood. <laughs> um, and I think it's the humidifier because that's when we started using one every night before bed. Um, so I think the humidifier for me is a big thing. Um, and then the third thing I would say is, you know, telling my husband I love him every day, honestly, because we we have a great connection and it keeps it keeps things positive. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, having those people in your life that you know you can count on one hundred percent. Yep. Support you. Fantastic. How about one thing that you think would have a positive impact on your life, but you just have a hard time implementing it? The nutrition is always a struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I'm far better than I was seven years ago, but there's still far more room for improvement. I mean, you know, if I go to a restaurant and they put bread in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, pasta is a big weakness of mine, you know, and I don't know if I, I'll ever give that up. Oh, the other thing is wine. Yeah. I know that I really need to stop drinking wine. But. Everything. Oh, <laughs> right. it's a sliding scale. And the 80 year old I think, has a lot of merit. Yeah. Um, okay, and the last question Being active, um, you know, one of the things that that doctor said to me was your body was designed to move. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think that staying active is a way to keep yourself healthier. Mm -hmm. um, I think people have, you know, with computers, the TV, iPads, phones, people are kind of sit into a sedentary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a big problem. I think people need to get up and move. Um, and they'll be surprised if they move even just 30 minutes a day, mm -hmm. how much of an impact it can have in your life positively. Um, not just in your health, but in your frame of mind. Oh, totally. Totally. And just, I think using your body the way it was intended to move, moving yep. it all different ways, playing, having fun. Yep. Um, absolutely, I agree. I think it can have a huge mental, emotional impact just as much as physical. Yep. And I like what you said, too, about... Um, about how how difficult that was for you to start moving, but how, and I think it's important for people to hear that because whether you're coming from having something like fibromyalgia or you're just have been sedentary for a long time, it's going to be really really hard. At yes. The um, and a lot of people will want to go reach for that medication or whatever it is that seems like an easier, less uncomfortable fix. Um, yeah. But in the long run, you put in some of that work up front, and you end up with so much more life, so much more yes. quality on the back end. Well, you know, and I told my daughter today, because she said, oh my gosh, those wall balls, they hurt my legs so bad. And I said, it's not supposed to be comfortable. But when you're uncomfortable, you know that you're going to get better and you're going to get stronger. But Yes, it's so true. And that's something that I think 
is lost a lot of times these days where it's easier to do the comfortable option in life yeah. and be really comfortable with all of our amenities. But yeah. it's so important to remember that from that discomfort comes most of the pleasure and the benefit down yep. the road. So, so I think you're a fantastic example of that. And thank you. You, you are so inspiring. Thank you. So <laughs> thank you. Opening up and sharing your story. And I'm really excited to share it with more people. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you found Michelle's story to be just as inspiring as I did. To make sure you never miss an episode in the future and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list there. Also, please don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, email me at info at I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. Also, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com, and share your thoughts on social media. You can use the hashtag JFHealth with any feedback or questions that you have for future episodes. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Thank you.